Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome. Come, Come on in. Greetings. Come back home. Greetings. 
say, I'm just asking that you give me just a moment to get all my technology, uh, to get my YouTube caught up with my blog talk. So at, and of course, my call in number is Eric code 845 I'm going to answer caller number one, Eric code 310 first. Uh, subsequent callers, you should press the number one on your telephone keypad. This raises your hand and sort of alerts that there's a caller in queue, and it will allow me to open your mic and bring you conversations. Also, always want to be mindful and force that government today. And indeed, we acknowledge FA. Very tangible numerical mathematical principle by which your computer is now operating on, by which our internet and our quartz watches and, and much of the technology that we now have and operate in and exist in today would not exist without this math. And so we acknowledge the we acknowledge the spirit of divination and, and Orumula and Orula and all the forces that govern um, divination and spirit communication. We acknowledge the Holy Spirit, which needs no moderator, no intermediary, no tool, and we speak truth, wisdom directly in upon us and around us. We also acknowledge Eshu and Papa Lekba and, and, and the trickster gods who govern the crossroads, who open and close all doors, who stand at all gates, all vortexes, all portals of the inner as well as our outer standing, our real world uh, manifestation. We acknowledge the divine wisdom that rides with the divine trickster. We know that it's not about tripping anybody up, creating blocks or downfalls to one, but for allowing us to see ourselves, the mirror image of ourselves, often demonstrated by our ego, adds back to us the illusion of a problem, the illusion of a conversation. Greetings, everyone, uh, great skies. Everyone that I haven't acknowledged yet individually, I greet you now collectively. I also want to acknowledge Oshun and Ajay and Yimaya and Olakun and all those forces that possess water and the clarity of water and the power of water. You know, water can chip away at rock, chip away at stone. Water can erode metal and steel and cause corrosion and create transformation. We seek purification, cleansing, life through the elixir of life that is water. And so we also acknowledge the spirits that operate and live and have their very being and demonstration the powers of water, fresh water, salt water, rain water, storm water, uh, amniotic fluid, all the fluid and, and compounds and liquid compounds that exist, the magic that we know to be life. So we always like the mystery of the Kuhn representation that I have not only the 
symbolically, but at the bottom of our conscious and the subconscious power of humanity, that unknown cure, that unknown creation, that unknown talent, that unknown skill that still resides at the bottom of this well of mystery that is life. Many of us all see our destiny itself as the great mystery. Why am I here? What am I here to for? What is God asking here to manifest through with the spirit and the ancestors have me here? And, and what would they have manifest in and around me and through me? So as I get to the zone lines, I thank for your patience and allow me the opportunity to speak the powers and acknowledge, of course, the ancestors in all things for which we wouldn't have any standing, we wouldn't have any being, but also the power that govern the weather that is our life, is the reality here on Mother, Father Earth. Harry Code 310. Who's calling? Where are you calling from? Yes, my name is Susan, and I'm calling from Oklahoma. Beloved, I didn't get your name. Say that again. Susan. Oh, Susan, greetings, beloved. Thank you for calling. You've been Thank waiting you. quite a while with your question or comment. How can I help you yes. today? Yes, I'm just wondering if you have any suggestions on um, how to um, manifest, you know, some prosperity. I'm actually trying to find a new job and, um, and wanted to see if you have any suggestions or ideas. Okay. Um, Again, I thank you for calling. Um, I don't know if you're a new caller, if you're sort of familiar with my style. Um, I'm going to cover layers, almost like an onion, of, of what you can okay. do, what you must look at, what you must address. And of course, in all okay. things, you first have to look at yourself. First, you have to look right. at yourself. Start inwardly. What are you thinking? What are you saying? What are you creating and recreating with your mouth? Even if your mouth is closed, but you're thinking it as it relates to your goal. Eliminate any self-defeating thoughts. Eliminate any doubtful uh, affirmations that you might be saying and repeating over and over again within yourself. I don't know if I'm going to find a job. I don't know. You know, eliminate I don't know. Uh, eliminate okay. I don't have. Eliminate anything you might be saying that could be setting up a block. The second thing is, of course, um, be prepared to receive, to receive prosperity. And so we always say, make sure your hands are open, literally and figuratively. Be sure that your hands are open and prepared to receive the blessing that the divine creators, that your ancestors ultimately are going to bring to you. You just have to be in a, in a position of preparation and receiving and spiritually be in a position of, of openness and receiving. Now clean your house. I know this might sound irrelevant. I can tell by your energy, you're probably very clean typically, but clean your house with spiritual intention. Go from the back okay. to the front, get rid, of, get rid of clutter, get rid of what's no longer useful, get, lo get rid of what's not serving you and, and toss it out. And then I okay. want you to take clean ammonia water and, and, and wipe from the front to the back. 
wipe your knickknacks down, you eat the core, get in the corners, absolutely your sacred spaces, wherever you keep your Bible, your religious books, your jury, these are all your sacred spaces. Where you keep pictures okay. of mom and dad or, or grandparents, these are all your sacred spaces. Even to those who are not, you know, operating in altars and shrines, these are your common sacred spaces. Make sure everything is clean and sweep to the front. Sweep to the front to push out, to remove. Okay. So now smudge your house. Frankincense and myrrh, sage, jasmine, smudge your house. Make sure it's sweetness in there. Sweeten up your robes. Sweeten up your, your path, if you will. And then continue to seek. And, and I know right now times are, are, are a challenge, you know, with Corona and, and our ability to, to be mobile and to get around and move around. Um, access the virtual world, of course, continue to search, you know, the internet or whatever sources that you are indeed um, utilizing to seek employment, but it's coming. Know that it's coming. Are you awesome. with me, beloved? Yes, I am. I'm writing everything down. <laughs> now, um, I don't know your religion. I don't know your, your spirit practice, and it, and it really doesn't matter um in, in the context of, of what i'm giving you um what i'm sharing you but what we believe is is a great component to what we live and what we experience and, and what we manifest so so clean up any doubtful thoughts clean up any uh negative inner language um and, and i assure you what what you seek what you desire is coming to you right now Awesome. Awesome. That was perfect. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate your call. Um, I'm going to keep your, your line open so you're free to stay with us. You can mute yourself okay. on, on your end if you wish. That will um, uh, prevent us from getting any background noise or interference okay. from your end. And then if you have a question, comment, or request, again, at any point in the show, um, just jump back in, um, politely jump right on back in, and I'll entertain your question or comment. I appreciate awesome. any active show. Thank you so much for calling. Greetings, Keona D. Carter. Thank you so much for helping me to handle the chat room and moderate the activities that are going on there. Um, I've refreshed my page, so if I'm missing any questions, comments, or requests in the chat room. Um, help me out. I invite you um, to type your questions in all capital letters in the chat so that we can see it and distinguish it. Uh, who do occultism is asking me to talk about the cinnamon broom. And listen, it's, it, it's not just the cinnamon broom. Ola Orisha, Iba Orisha, Samojiba Orisha, welcome. Thank you for returning to the show. Um, there are all kinds of brooms that we use, that we access in voodoo, hoodoo, uh, obia, um, and even in the pursuit of uh, prosperity, Susan, and, and, and bringing that, that into our house. Now, I'm talking about a bit of a cultural nuance here. 
So I know I have a, a diverse and erudite audience of people of many belief systems, many philosophies, uh, many religions, many traditions. So some of the advice that I give is not for everybody to, to apply. I get that. Uh, but in the conversation about brooms, um, the first point of any year that I think about, that I pay attention to, that I focus on a broom is holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Christmas, going into the new year. Every new year, there's going to be a new broom either at my front door or over my front door. Uh, and, and, and traditionally, it's placed over your front door. And it's to bring in, to sweep in prosperity, blessings, just as I suggested that, that Susan sweep from the front to the back. I'm sorry, from the back to the front, to sweep from the, from the back to the, to the front and out, to sweep, to push forward, to push out in order to generate a cycle of prosperity. Now, the type of room also affects the type of prosperity that's brought in. Now, the, the annual broom has to be done at New Year's. This is not something you can kind of rush to go do now. It, it should be a new broom. It should be done at the new year. Uh, and often they're done in, in laurel, sweet basil, pine. It's very popular, which is why we have the Christmas tree element. And of course, the cinnamon broom. Now, cinnamon broom, specifically cinnamon, is created specifically for prosperity under the influence of Oshun priests and priestesses, people who walk with the crown of Oshun. Oshun particularly has a, a, a preference for honey, cinnamon, anise, uh, a, a few other um, allspice, a few other ingredients that we associate with uh, yams and holidays and fragrance and sweetness and, and, and glazes, you know, many of those uh, herbs and, and elements that we apply at that time of the year go into these honey jars and in these cinnamon brooms and into these sweet rituals that bring in and maintain prosperity. Now, just as I shared with Susan, first you gotta, you gotta be clean, literally and figuratively. First, you gotta be clean. You gotta make sure you don't owe anybody. You gotta make sure you aren't operating in debt. You got to make sure you aren't mishandling, misbudgeting, you know, blowing your check at the casino and, and, and then begging spirits to sort of fill in the gap. You got to be literally and figuratively clean. Then the application of the broom or the honey jars, very easy for me to talk about honey jars, sweet jars, prosperity jars in the same combination, in the same conversation as the cinnamon broom because they serve a similar purpose and they operate in similar ingredients. So when you know you're clean and you know you've gotten the dust bunnies and the ghosts out of your physical house and your spirit house, that's when we put the cinnamon broom and the honey jar and, and the sweet applications into place to ensure sort of a seal over the work, to sort of ensure that the roads are maintained sweetness and not tart, sour, bitter, you know, sometimes hot, you know, sometimes spicy. Um, 
I'm speaking code to some of you. I just came out of a reading and I asked the beloved to gather some spices together in the course of this reading and I could determine the influence, the flow of current through her life and, and, and on the divination table by how she placed the spices on the table. So when we think about bark, tree, roots, herbs, organic matter, particularly spices and, and things that we uh, use in cooking, that we would use in a root, that we would use in a Greek root bag, that we would use in any kind of healing uh, application. We think about the source, what the source is, what the source represents, and then the application of the particular parts of that tree and or plant. So of course with cinnamon, we're talking about bark. I'm assuming everybody knows cinnamon is, is, is a bark of a tree. Uh, it's not a root, it's, it's not a dried up herb. It's actually the bark of a tree. And then it's grated down, powdered down. Um, I saw a news report several years ago about being really careful about the sources of your cinnamon. Um, there's fake cinnamon out there on the market. There's cinnamon that's got stuff in it um, that shouldn't be in it. All of your spices really should be really double checked for, um, for um, cleanliness and hygiene and, and the source where you're gaining your spices from that you're bringing into your practice. And particularly things like cinnamon that we can't necessarily grow ourselves or harvest ourselves. You want to be clear uh, about what it is that, that you're buying, what you're applying. And, and many of these things, the cinnamon, uh, uh, broom, the honey jar, can be ingested. Not everything that we mix up, not everything that we apply can be ingested. Uh, our miero can be adjusted in, if you know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing and you put the wrong things in the amiero, you, you can't adjust amiero. So cinnamon broom is something that is, is usable, but also meant to be consumed at some point, consumed at some point. So the cinnamon broom, um, again, it, it often has a power of sweet deities. It conferred upon it. Uh, and then it's used to sweep prosperity through an environment, through a house. And there are other ways to obtain that same um, effect um, other than just with, with brooms or, or even with honey jars for that matter. But it's all in, in understanding the material that's going into the, into the process and then the appropriate application thereof. I'm seeing question marks, so I don't wanna missed anything um and of course who do the call is and you know how to use the phone line uh and come on back in if i have more to say about your original question um keon is asking what are some ways that cause people to get caught up in destructing or pulling back cycles in destructive or pulling pulling back cycles um that's a great question. I could probably talk an hour on, on just that question if I, if I really wanted to. Um, just as I started every answer, just as I started with, with Susan, first you've got to look within and then you've got to look without. Any legitimate initiation, any legitimate uh, 
spiritual birthing process. Even baptism is, is a spiritual birthing process. If we take it out of the context of religion, there's always that which has to be cleaned, not just on the outside, you know, so that you're pure as snow, but also on the inside. And, and often it's the inner work that's hardest for people to address. It's the inner work that's hardest for people to, to encapsulate, uh, to, to, to reduce, to simplify in the way that we like to reduce things down to a pill, reduce things down to a miracle product, reduce things down to a miracle uh, process that's gonna fix and change things for us uh, with the least amount of work. But that inner work, uh, Keona, is often the most challenging for us in, in terms of breaking the cycles, breaking the destructive patterns, the, de the destructive forces. And with my microcosm versus the macrocosm, looking within versus looking without, understanding that what lies within only mirrors that which lies outside us, macrocosm, meaning the greater universe, the greater cosmic uh, uh, awareness, the greater cosmic world is only an outward, larger, expanded manifestation of what's going on inward. And, and as we go further out, we also can go deeper in. And, and so there's a correlation there. And that's biblical, that's comedic, that's Judaic. It's Islamic, it, it's Hindu, you find that, that divine law in all traditions, the macrocosm mirrors the microcosm and reverse. It's also a, a principle in magic in that that which we can perform on a divination table or on the ritual table, the microcosm is then mirrored out into the greater universe and we then expect some kind of response. The idea of the voodoo doll, for instance, in its most authentic demonstration is, is the understanding that many me is affected, so therefore big me is affected. So we care for the doll or, or, or we treat the doll badly in the anticipation that that is then transferred to, to the human host. And, and the idea of the voodoo doll is, is very much Hollywood imagination. It is borrowed from several different principles in West Africa, several different elements and ritual demonstrations. The bochi. The bochi is very similar in many ways to sajidi. We just know sajidi because we know Yoruba Yoruba is much more prolific than other tongues, than other ethnic groups. The bochi is very similar, and it's sometimes shaped like a pig or a dog or other shape in which the pins, the nails, the shards of glass, the shards of metal are indicative of the actions, the activities, the successful actions and activities of the ghost. The ghost meaning the bochi, the sajidi, which is really a, a spirit double. It acts as a spirit double and then goes out into the spirit realm and does that which we cannot do, sees that which we cannot see. 
attack, defend, protect against that which we cannot attack, defend, protect. The voodoo doll is more of a more modernized, evolved notion of the fetish, if you will. Um, and, and think about the in, environment in which that would have evolved in. You know, the, the enslaved African would have had limited resources, great resources at his availability, if we took it from Massa, but limited resources in terms of what we had, what we could legitimately own, what we could safely keep without drawing suspicion, without, without drawing a sense of competition, without drawing any kind of alarm to, to who we are, alerts to who and what we are and what we're doing. So cloth, material, fabric is one of the easiest things that we could hide, conceal, tuck somewhere, you know, conceal somewhere and then later use in, in a real world way, you know, to store food, to hide an item, to save something, you know, to send a message or in terms of ritual. We talked a few days back about art and the concept of art in, in, in Africa and the idea of creating something, making something, painting something, drawing something, just for the sake of, of beauty, just for the sake of it's pretty, um, it is really not a common concept in the indigenous world, and particularly in Africa where things were created based on its utility. It had a food purpose, it had a hygiene purpose, it had a, a God purpose, it, it had a religious purpose. So we see things that are pretty, you know, that are beautiful, that are aesthetically uh, appealing to us. But underneath, they have a deeper ritual use, a, a deeper ritual context. So I, I know I've been all around and back, and, and many of my regular listeners are, are used to that. Um, yeah, Cassia sentiment is fake. <clears throat> Greetings, I'm Sherilyn Simon. Greetings and welcome to the to the sacred space, to the square circle of gods and goddesses. And we appreciate you for uh, being present and also being a part of the consciousness shifting process. Because I can't shift the consciousness by myself. I can sit here and talk and, and talk and hear the sound of my voice, as many podcasters do, and it would hit the ceiling and come back. But if you all aren't applying it, aren't digesting it, aren't researching it, aren't seeking it out for its own truth in your own reality, then that's what makes it consciousness shifting. That's what makes it changing. I'm always life changing. I'm always humbling myself to spirit because I know better. I'm always humbling myself Spirit. I'm always humbling myself to God. I'm always humbling myself to the goddess. I'm always humbling myself to the ancestors. For indeed, it is on them and their shoulders and their backs that we have our very being. I'm, I'm very hesitant to take immediate credit for, uh, particularly when we're talking about people's consciousness being shifted, people now being awoken. People's third eye now being activated because you still got to now carry that energy back and apply it, use it, share it, 
because you have to give it away to keep it. They say that in, in 12 step room, you got to give it away to keep it. And, and that's true about real spiritual power. That's the truth. That's the truth. How do you get over childhood abuse and subconscious pain? Um, listen, that's, um, that's complex. <laughs> that's, uh, that's complex. Um, I'm doing that every day that I come here, every day that I'm before this camera, every day that you can hear my voice. The activity of doing that. And I'm going to start answering the phone lines too, by the way. Uh, Keona, um, beloved, your mic, of course, is already open. And then I'm going to come to 860-NEXT. So, so stay in there with me, 860. Don't get impatient on me. Uh, let me quickly respond to this because I'm sure this affects almost everybody in the room. Um, childhood trauma, childhood abuse, generational curses. Now we're talking about shadow work. Now, we, now we're talking about shadow work. And I would like to talk about shadow work more in this space, more on the show, but it requires participation. And it requires people being willing to go deep and go within and get naked in this particular space. Um, we all got some level of shallow work. Many of you know my story. My sister has written a book about my story. My mom has written a book about our story. Um, so many of you know my story. Um, I grew up abused, violently abused um, by my dad uh, under the guise of religion, though the abuse began years before the religion came into play, um, it, it gradually became sort of the cover for the abuse. Um, tradition covers up abuse. Um, uh, uh, tradition, one form of tradition is what we say, mantras. So you hear about not airing your dirty laundry. You hear about, girl, you better not let what's said in this house make it to the street. You hear about, boy, you better not let me find out, you know. And so we learned how to protect, how to lie, how to defend, how to conceal at a very young age. And particularly if you're talking about childhood abuse, if you're talking about all sorts of abuses, not just childhood abuse, rape, pedophilia, violence. You know, we learn how to, to not give voice to the gin, to the demon, to the crime, to the act itself. And so that then gets tucked away and you get, it gets tucked away in your body. It gets tucked away in your organs. It gets tucked away in your chakras, you know. And then when it's not addressed, you know, and we transcend and we go on to a room, we, we go on to Gimen, we go on to the next life, to the next cycle, those who are living, are then left to, to readdress that same energy. Because understand, uh, uh, the, the, the theory of relativity, all energy was created at the Big Bang, all energy. So if we're looking at energy as negative and positive, good and bad, all energy was created at the Big Bang. So this trauma existed before you, before the perpetrator, before the generation of the perpetrator, 
there's always a root. And I know sometimes in spirituality, ATR, Wiccans, pagans, witches, I know a little bit of everybody's listening to me. We try to avoid religious language. We try to avoid religious concepts. But there's a lot within the realm of religion that has been stolen, stolen, bastardized, appropriated from what we now call spiritism, occultism, paganism. So the idea of generational curse sounds very churchy, but it transcends church. It, it goes all the way back to the beginnings of organization of culture. There are cultures, ethnic groups till this day that have very specific traditions around people, children, babies, bring the curse in with them from previous life cycles. So not only is it childhood trauma that haunts me or haunts you or pains me or pains you, but it's that which led up to that moment. See, see it's very selfish. And when I say selfish, it's very hard for people to digest that word when we're talking about abuse violation, trauma. But there's a selfish position we can set ourselves up in where we only see the pain. We only see our hurt. And so we don't see what led up to the moment. We don't see maybe how the oppressor was oppressed, how the oppressor was abused. We don't care when we're suffering pain. You, you don't care to hear that. But if you're erudite, if you're on the spirit journey and you are maturing on the spirit journey, then there's that crossroad where we have to take God-like, goddess-like responsibility for our journey. And so then you, you have to separate the abuse and the abuser from a more selfish platform, which is how do I get my healing? How do I get my fix? How do I get my repair? Now, in that, in doing that work, I often stress that ancestor work, and this question then comes up in, in that context. And please forgive me, um, Eric Code 860. I'm coming. Just give me a moment, please. Um, even in the context of doing ancestor work, people, you know, well, what about this relative? What about this family member? you know, who I have this negative attachment to. And when we're doing ancestor work, we're not talking about relatives. We're not talking about individual family members necessarily, unless we're talking about an elevated ancestor, an egg great-great-grandparent, great-great-great-great-great-granddad, you know, who, who's already far removed from you in terms of activity, but that energy you know, people like to say, and forgive me, mom, for using profanity. People like to say, shit rolls downhill. Okay, so there's a generational connection to stuff that we address or don't address and how that then rolls downhill. I'm going to come back who do uh, occultism and respond more to that question. I just don't want to keep area code uh, 860 in a whole pattern. Uh, for too long. So Eric code 860, thank you so much, beloved, for your call and your patience. Um, who's calling and where are you no. calling? Uh, T Bridge, uh, Connecticut. Um, how you doing? 
All is a blessing. All is a blessing. Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, my question, because um, you, you were getting into it, um, culture and art. Um, I like to study a lot, especially being up here and I'm not home in Louisiana where um, I'm able to talk uh, more to family members and even get in touch with uh, people like you and people that have um, more access to research of African culture and history. I have to dig and search online and find books. And most, of the, most of the time, hello? Yeah. Hello? Oh, okay. Yes, love it. I'm here. I need you to okay. turn, turn your YouTube down because you might be getting a delay. Okay. No, 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 I'm good. I heard Dini Noon. It must have been a computer. But um, um, I have to look and dig and find research. And most of the time, it's I hate to use the term, and I don't want to offend anyone, whitewashed of, you know, our ancestors' culture and history. So what I'm looking for things, which my, my question was, was for, like, where, you know, our knowledge began and what cultures and what, what ancestors I can look for or, you know, research that I'd be able to look for books and things like that, where would I be able to look to um, get a better understanding and, you know, maybe authors you may know that I'd be able to get this. Listen, I appreciate, I appreciate your question at every level because you know by now that I, that I answer at every level, but I also listen at every level, what's said, what's not said, what's implied, how we use our words. I'm the son of a retired teacher. My, grand, my, my mother was a stickler for education. My mother was a stickler for grammar um, and, and word usage. So I'm fine-tuned to it. So I want to answer your question. I also want to respond to sort of how you worded your question. Don't assume because I'm in the most African city in America um, that it's all here. Don't assume that because I'm in the South that we are somehow closer to the root or connected to um, better connected to the root. Don't assume that because you are in Connecticut that you aren't sitting right in the middle of a great deal, a great wealth of information. Um, some of our greatest universities, some of our greatest archeological um, storehouses, some of our, our, our greatest um, museum complexes are, are all on the East Coast, the Eastern, Seaboard, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Connecticut, Boston, Philadelphia. Uh, so pay attention to your words. We speak our reality. We create and recreate our reality. I, I noticed that when I started speaking, I, I can't describe it better than, than African or like an African or like an indigenous person, um, that which I needed came to me, it would come to me. Uh, even if it's online, even if it's in doing your research, I often I also say that, you know, if you use common words, Africa, Pan-African, uh, Ifa, Voodoo, you know, Black history, African history, you're gonna get the most generic responses from your search engine. You're gonna get the responses that everyone else has has entered into the search engine 
you're, you're not going to get, I think, the deeper level study that you're implying that you're looking for. So what I did was um, I found, first of all, I found a museum. And I talk about this museum a lot, but, I, but I'm always sort of fearful about saying the name of the museum out loud. Um, because some of my antiquities and, and, and things of that sort I derive from this place. Um, so I don't want to run on this place. Um, there's, there's a limited amount of authentic stuff in the world. Um, so I, I don't want to run on the place. I, I never call the place out live on air, but it's where you are. It's where you are. It's in your state. <laughs> okay. So don't assume that you know, you got to go to Jamaica, Haiti, Africa, Mississippi, South Carolina, you know, to really begin to dig up and explore not just roots, culture, history, but also tradition. And particularly right now, I, I believe that this corona break, um, outbreak, however you want to look at it, has, has given us an opportunity to sort of look at ourselves differently in terms of how we study, how we connect, how we learn, even how we research. So I invite you to change your words, beloved. Change your words. Speak what you want into the air. Think what you want, not, not what you don't want, not what the block might appear as an illusion to be. It's an illusion that your location is limiting your reach. It's an illusion that where you live, you know, might be limiting your access to culture, particularly in Connecticut. You got Jamaicans, Nigerians, uh, Ghanaians, um, Haitians, they're all around where you are. So, and, and I shared this with another caller a few days ago in a similar context. Start speaking what you want out loud in the air start typing it in your search engine and, and, and choose a museum, choose an encyclopedia, choose an archive, and then I want you, beloved, to go through every individual ethnic group that might be presented in that list. And, and your mic is still open, by the way. I'm still talking specifically to you. Um, I want you to start looking specifically at ethnic groups. Now, now, another way to do it is choose a country, Ghana, Nigeria, Cameroon, to just choose a country and then put in your search engine ethnic groups in Nigeria, ethnic groups in Ghana, and, and see how just that alone, the wealth of information that's coming through your, your searches and doing your research, it, it'll change like instantly. You'll start seeing archives posts, thesis, research papers, uh, PDFs. Um, as long as you got great security, don't, don't be scared of PDFs. I've gotten so many free books by downloading PDFs. Just make sure you got security, make sure it's properly scanned before you download it. But it's in that, that type of work is where you start getting the detail that I believe you're implying that you need. Also, make sure you've done your ancestry work in divination. Make sure you've done that, because in that, I suggest everybody do DNA. 
And so if you haven't done DNA, this might be the time to do it. Everybody's trying, you know, everybody, meaning all the commercial enterprises, want everybody to shop right now. So PressAncestry.com, Press23andMe, uh, they're giving discounts. Sometimes all you got to do is ask for it, 69 79 you know, to get your DNA work done. Then you can be more specific about ethnic groups, tribes, family, lineage, and who and what you should be studying, who and what you should be looking at. Um, I grew up, I was born in Chicago, Illinois. Um, some of you know my story. My dad is a bigamist, polygamist, uh, with, with multiple children all over the place. Um, and so we quickly moved from Chicago to the East Coast to sort of separate one family from another to keep my mama from finding out about the family he had already started. Um, and so I grew up in Maryland. I grew up uh, walking distance to the Smithsonian. Museums, as many of you know, are a number of museums, air and space, natural history, African-American history. There are a number of buildings, the Library of Congress, there are a number of buildings that go along with that Smithsonian. Um, and I don't know if it's still free today, but back when I was growing up, it was free. So that was my playground. So explore your museum, explore your archives that are conveniently accessible to you um, in Connecticut. Sometimes these, these museums have, you know, the Egyptian uh, theme going on, or they have the Yoruba theme going on, or they have the China theme going on. I would immerse myself <laughs> in these in these types of demonstrations at, at the museum and study every aspect of it. Um, people often ask, how do you know all you know? Why is your, your knowledge base so diverse? Um, and, I, and I've had teachers, university instructors, people from Africa, people from various parts of the world that, that, that just can't understand why I know so much detail about so many people's stuff. And, and I'm giving it to you straight, beloved. Um, when you're a kid on the street who, who doesn't become a statistic, you know, who, who has the favor of, of the gods and the ancestors upon you, whose only tunnel vision was Africa. And then as I got older, it, it expanded into the indigenous world. That's how I got here. And that's what I offer to you. Um, don't say it's not available because you're in Connecticut. It is. Trust me, it is. Um, you know, Maryland is a hop, skip, and a jump from Connecticut. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. Two-hour, three-hour drive to New York, to, to Philly, from where I grew up. So I, I know it's there. Um, you sometimes find it very condensed. You might find a Yoruba culture. You might find a Rasta culture. You, you know, you might find a, 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 a Ethiopian Coptic church in your community. And sometimes those communities are very tunnel vision. They, they only see their, themselves. They only see their way of doing things. They only see through their experience. So as I walked, the police are going crazy outside. I don't know. As I walked into these various cultures, I learned to show all due respect. Not to dibble and dabble, but when you're committing to one, when you're focusing on one, focus. 
learn what they have to give. Share the food that they're offering. Share your food. But then respectfully move on to the next thing. Don't, don't then try and become titled. Try and become positioned. Try to represent, you know. It was years before I began to stand up and, and represent voodoo out loud. And, and, and many know it was really Hurricane Katrina that sort of was the kick in my backside that I needed to really come out there. Uh, through, through that desperate scenario, which brought us online. And now we're in another desperate scenario that's bringing many of us online. Um, I learned to reveal myself and that who I was, what I was, what I had to offer was of value to other people. So that's why I'm here, beloved, is to answer questions like yours, to be available to help people in the process that you're describing. And, and, and you're really describing learning self. Who am I? What am I? And how do I fit those pieces together? Did you have a response or, or another question, beloved? Oh, that was my only question. Okay. Well, your mic will also remain open. Um, you're free to mute yourself, if you will, if you want to mask any background noise on your on your end. And then when you're prepared with your next question or comment, just unmute yourself and politely uh, jump right on back in. And um. All right. And, and we'll just keep moving forward. I appreciate your questions, your comments, your requests. The people who participate, the people who ask questions are the superstars of this show. So if you're on the phone lines, and I have many on the phone lines, press the number one that will raise your hand, and I'll bring you into the conversation. Uh, Keona, I don't know what you're waiting on, because you always got something to say. You know so maybe. So come on, let, let me have it. Okay, and please don't be diplomatic. Just don't play with me because I need it. I need a rough right now. So I asked a question about cycles because I honestly want to know. Because throughout adulthood or even life, same behaviors, same um, spending of money, same habits, same everything. But I had in same interactions with Jen, same interactions with, with familiar demons and spirits. But this time, it won't let up. This time, the cycles won't have a break. You know, it keep, you get in a cycle and then you got a break. This time, mm-hmm. it is going and going and going. And so I'm wondering, why, what has happened? Why no break? Because it's been happening, but this time it just is going and going and going. Okay, well, first I want to say greetings. Everyone, Anthony. Greetings, I'm sorry. Greetings. I, I, I missed you. Mick Sage Hall, I appreciate you. I appreciate your title. Uh, I like Mick. <laughs> okay. Um, Neophyte Bokor Tourist, greetings, greetings, beloved. Thank you so much. Um, Goddess Nanu, my mom is here. Greetings, Gary Bonsell Savage. Thank you so much for dropping in and being a part of the show. April Anthony, I'm definitely going to discuss what Jen is right now in detail. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for being active. Yoel Adams, uh, thank you so much for participating and um, standing apart uh, in the show. Um, many of the questions that you all are throwing at me right now have, have shared roots. It allows me to talk about more than one thing at the same time 
It allows me to sort of come back and forth in entertaining everyone's question. A jinn, as we know the word, it's an Arabic word. Um, the, it, someone has already tried to spell it in the chat, and I appreciate that. It, it's spelled with a DJ. It's spelled with just a J. Um, it, it's spelled with two N's usually. Um, and it is an Arabic word. A Christian, uh, like my mom might say a demon, might say a devil, not the devil, but a devil. Um, so when we say the devil or Satan specifically or Lucifer specifically, we're talking about a particular angel. We're talking about a, a particular force. We're talking about a particular power. But then when we talk about jinn, we're talking about offspring, if you will, of that, of that energy. Um, and jinn are born all sorts of ways. We can birth a jinn from our mouth. We can create a jinn from a lie. We can create a jinn from, from, a, from a manipulation. We can create a jinn from a fear. And, and then that fear becomes real and, and takes on wings and legs and, and body parts, if you will. Uh, there are jinn that are attached to nature, earth, water, fire, air. Of course, we intersect as humans with air at the gas level, at the energetic level, at the ethereal or spirit level. So there are jinn that are, according to the Bible, according to the Quran, according to many world traditions that are attached to the planet itself, to material objects itself. And when you think about the progression of society from hunter-gatherer, you know, the Iron Age to the Industrial Age, and so now your, your water, fire, and air is all mixed up. We're cutting down the trees and creating technology, creating products, creating stuff. And we talked the other day about, um, Mom, I talked about Sandy. I didn't mention her name before, but I talked about Sandy the other day on the show and her going to Africa and buying up all this African stuff and then later on having negative repercussions, having negative experiences attached to it. So those are gems. Those are gems. So, so, so there are natural gems that exist in the world. Um, they're also referred to in Christianity as the uh, deadly sins. So when we think about gluttony and lust and, and, and all the other quote-unquote deadly sins becoming physical, becoming manifest, if you will, in the spirit realm, we're, we're then looking at jinn. And jinn can feed your worst attributes, but jinn can also feed some of your best attributes to excess. Like gluttony, for instance, we say, okay, well, we need to eat. We need nourishment. We convince ourselves there's, there's no sin, quote, unquote, in food. But it is when you're abusing the temple. It is when you're eating what you know is causing harm. It is when you're, when you're bringing destruction and death to the very vessel in which the divine creators have given us to operate you know, in our divinity within while we're here in this earth plane. So Jen can manipulate, you know, your weaknesses, your, your hidden desires, 
some of your greed, your um, jealousy, your envy, some of those those things that we believe we hide that that are not necessarily right on the surface that we think other people can't immediately see or identify if we don't say that the gin can feed that the gin can feed that and feed off of that and and, and gain life and, and and gain strength and mobility and then spread itself among groups, much like a virus. You know, I, I grew up in a prosperity ministry. My mom was right there with me, you know, and, and so we've seen that energy spread. You know, pastor say, hey, somebody gonna get a blessing. All you need to do is run up here right now and give me $500 check. Well, 20 more people would come running in a spiritual competition, you know, with that $500 check. And then we'd come back later and, and tell the story, do the witnessing, you know, with the God blessed me and now I got this $50,000 car sitting out in front of the church. Now, now I got this $500,000 house. And, and that spirit would then travel. I would sit back and watch it. Envy, the desire for, the, the the coveting of well shoot if they got a new car why I ain't got no new car they got a new new house why I ain't got no no new house you know it, it, it almost reminded me of Friday when pops was standing in the in the in the refridge and boy every time I come down here I head to the fridge you in the fridge you eating up all all the sweet potatoes you eating up all the candy yams you you know and, and, and that becomes a gem that that develop and spread. So gin take on many created, self-created, but also naturally created um, forces, birth gin. And so our spirit, mind, body, attitude, aptitude, maturity has everything to do with, with interacting, intersecting a gin and it having effect on you or not. Because we all had that opportunity to, to laugh at the devil, to say no to the devil, to say, I see you, I feel you, but I'm not going to acknowledge that. Anybody who's ever gone on a diet knows what I'm talking about. Anybody who's ever said, I'm going to start a new pattern in my life knows what I'm talking about. Because the minute you say, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do it new, this time it's going to be different, and you say that out loud, and there are witnesses, you're going to challenge on it every time. You're going to be challenged on it every time. So we all experience and interact and walk in and out of that realm of gin every day. It doesn't have to become a demon in your life. It, it doesn't have to become that, that addictive spirit on your back. It's all about how we address it. Um, help me out, uh, moderators, because I feel like I, it's a whole lot of questions that I'm missing. Mine. Well, I say it. Speak it out. Ain't nothing stopping you from saying. Okay. I did, and then you would also. So really, I want to know what would what would cause a um, you know, in in certain cycles for it not to be a break. And I heard you heard every word that you just said. Um, but I still just wanted to understand: could it be that it that the that the forces got stronger, like? And I know it may sound like common sense to many, but common sense really isn't that common. Like, I want to know, like, 
you do the same things over and over for years, but then it's now to the point where you is no break. There's no break go, in the go, cycle when it normally is. Go back in your mental memory to what I told Susan, to what I said with Susan. In all processes, you got to be clean. You got to be clean. And depending on your religion, you know, Baptists might say, well, let us baptize you and now you're clean. You know, and, and there's a phys- physical, you know, process, but there's supposed to be an implied spiritual process that goes along with that. So when you come into voodoo, there, there's lave test. When you, when you go into E5, there's ori. There's always that level of who am I? How am I playing God or not playing God in my own life, in my own growth, in my own process? Beloved, you've got to consider that when we're talking about blocks, patterns, cycles. Yes, there are those cycles, those patterns, those behaviors, those mannerisms that are passed down through your family, through your childhood, through your upbringing. There's also those patterns, those cycles that are, that are what I call passed across. We're not blood related, but we hang out and we act alike. We, we hang out social media and we always like the same thing. We always in the same political agreement. But the minute somebody comes through with a different opinion, we, we either argumentative or we throw it off. So be sure in the cycle, in the patterning, that it's not you. That your head ain't hard. My mama taught us God speaks in a soft, still voice. And I added to that. And I say, God ain't going to argue with you, debate with you, go back back and forth with you. You can't tell God like you just told me, well, you know, I want the no holds barred. Well, God has already given you the no holds barred, but it's in a soft, still voice. And so it requires us to pay attention, to be still to listen, to fast, to meditate, to learn to eliminate all the inner and outside voices in our head and just listen. Some of you can't quiet your own voice. And some of you, not you, Kiona, maybe you, but not you personally, some of y'all got a lot of voices (laughs) that y'all listening to. And you can't tell what's ancestors, what's God, what's spirit, because you can't shut down your own argument of spirit, your own critical spirit, your own analytical spirit, that I can't trust anything, that it's all a product of the white man. It's all a product of of white supremacy. So therefore, I can't trust anything. I can't learn it that way. So let's roll with that. Then how then do you learn? Then how then do you separate yourself long enough? We're in the buffer zone. We're in the buffer zone, and we did good. We did uh, an hour and 15 minutes of almost no buffering. So I'm back. So be sure that it's not you. Be sure your head ain't hard. And when we can't hear the quiet, soft, still voice of God, your ancestors, which live in your blood, the same hoodoo, it is hoodoo, but the same hoodoo, Science now backs me in the presence of of memory, ancestral memory, surviving in the DNA. So, yes, there's that which we have to overcome. That's innate. That's in us. That that, that has been passed down. 
But then as we grow, as we mature, some do it at 12, some do it at 15, some do it at 20, some do it at 30, some do it at 40 or 50. We then have to take responsibility for the cycle. We then have to take responsibility for the patterns because patterns and cycles are there for us to see so that we have something to compare to. Okay, wait a minute. I've been around this corner. I passed this sign and this mailbox four times. Let me mark this down. What's the address on that house? What's the highway post? What's the, what, what's, what is it, the, what's the mile marker? And, and that's why I strongly suggest the journaling. No, no one should be experiencing ne negative life patterns if they're journaling and paying attention to what they're journaling because it forces you to see and then to attend to it, then to fix it. When I started writing down, okay, this happens and then that happens in my life. I get a job, I'm in a great place. This is back in my 20s. Things seem to be going well. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm always, you know, sideswiped. So at some point, I had to start looking at me and the environments that me putting me into. The people who say, oh, I can't trust anybody. Well, I have to start asking, well, who are you that you keep putting yourself in the environment of people you can't trust and why you know that don't spit those generalized uh, you know phraseologies at me all people are bad so why are we talking why are you even here listening to what i have to say and am i wasting my time because you've already convinced yourself quote unquote all people are bad and how do you fit in that equation you people you people so, Keone, beloved, you got to look at what you're doing, what you're not doing, and where you might not be getting it. Sometimes we need a little help. It ain't judgment. Sometimes we need a little help. Sometimes you just don't see that you're operating in active addiction. Sometimes you don't see that you're operating in active victim victimhood, victimization, that you're operating in active, you know, surrender something that you don't have to be bound to. My mama would say amen. And, and then when you get your head back and then get your head right, then you seek your freedom. Then you seek your, 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 your freedom from your antidote to the continuation of that problem first in you. First in you. Because something about you wants that to keep repeating itself, either because you're not learning the lesson, you're not seeing it, you're not getting it, or maybe you're acting arrogantly and you think you got it, think you know what you're doing, and, and the cycle comes back to say, oh, no, boo, I, I haven't gone anywhere. You still haven't done your homework. I'm still here. And, and that's why those cycles, I, I could count the cycle almost down to a day for me, when I was going to get housed, when I was going to get employed, how long I was going to be happy with it, and, and how soon before I was going to be on the street again. Because I was chronically homeless as a runaway teenager for, for at least a decade, two decades. I was cr chronically trying to restart my life, restart my life, restart my life. 
And in that process, I caught myself also saying, I knew this was going to happen. I knew I couldn't trust you. I knew I couldn't trust this move. I knew I should have followed my first mind. And when you say that enough times and you don't learn to follow your first mind, then your ancestors will bop you over the head. They create the illusion of a problem. We say, oh my God, it's a problem. It's an emergency. Look at what has happened to me. Have sympathy on me. Have pity on me. Yeah, that was me. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. Mom, help me out, please, just one more time. Wapani, please, just keep my lights on just one more time. You know, and then we don't change. And then we don't improve. Then we don't learn the budget. Then we don't learn to value what's a value, <laughs> you know? And so God comes back again. Destiny comes back again. Ancestors come back again. And boop, you on your ass again. And, and, and we're looking outside. Look what happened to me. You know, look within. Make sure you're doing the work. Make sure you are spiritually mature as you say that you are. <laughs> Make sure you're, you're absolutely where you believe yourself to be. And sometimes we can't see ourselves clearly. Even with the full length mirror, you still need your mom and your girlfriend, your brother. Do this look okay? Does this match? How does this look from a distance? Because we can't always see ourselves, even in a full length mirror. And that's why we have therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, ministers, imams, spiritualists, elders who speak truth. But we live in a time right now where people don't want to hear that. that that's the trend. People know more than the elders. People know more than, than the mentors. People know, everybody now is, is a, a, a motivational speaker with 17 followers and, you know, 35 posts. Every, everybody now is a motivational speaker. Everybody now is a psychic. Everybody now is a spiritualist. Everybody now is a tarot reader. And you're, you're operating in ministry. I know y'all don't like that word. I'm not talking about religion. You're operating in ministry if you're trying to be a reader, if you're trying to be a Reiki practitioner. You're operating in ministry. And so no one can operate in ministry honestly, organically, truthfully, without addressing their own work. Juanita Biden told y'all that. <laughs> okay. T.D. Jakes tries to demonstrate that. You know, you, you got to walk in the work. There's no way around it. There's no shortcut. Please forgive me, Bob. That is so true. That is so true. If, if anybody's that hand is, so is raised. True. Go ahead, Keona. If you got something to say, that is so go. true because in the, in the midst of it, I broke the mirror. I used to I always break the mirror. You know, I didn't want to hear it because I felt like, oh, if you're not going through what I'm going through now, how can you tell me? You don't know. You know, I used to always break the mirror. And then I got so arrogant to where I wouldn't pray. I haven't prayed in forever because I said, well, who am I praying to? Who am I praying to? And so I became my own God, you know. And then it's like, oh, wow, it's different on this on this level, you know, because when I used to pray, when I used to, you know, go in the name of Jesus, when I used to inter intercede and, and beg and cry, I would see results. Now now I got to get my own, you know. Now is, is no man falling from the sky. So then I want to cry and say, okay, why is the cycle not breaking? 
and you just like, well, it's you. You became your own God. You broke the mirror. You didn't do the work. You didn't. You don't have to go. You don't have to, you know, continue to operate from the place of lies, but relearn yourself and operate from 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 truth. Stop breaking the mirror and do your work, so you can come out or continue to suffer. And people are quick to break the mirror. People are quick to quit. People are quick to run away. People are quick to avoid the work. And, and whether we're talking about spiritual, whether we're talking about in y'all's relationship, the divorce rate is, is ridiculous, ridiculous among you heterosexual married individuals. It's ridiculous. And so to me, that's an outward sign of people moving through life ain't doing no work, or operating on tradition, blind tradition. All tradition ain't good. All tradition ain't healthy. All tradition does not benefit you. So we, we have to address why am I repeating this action, this activity? You know, in, in those rooms, they stay doing the same thing over and over. Expecting a different result is insanity. Is insanity. At some point, you have to get off the, 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 the uh, gerber the rodent treadmill and do something different and, and try a, a different avenue. But we get locked into, you know, I know what I'm doing. They hurt me. They offended me. Now I'm just going to do my thing. No, many of you are, are walking away from quote unquote religion, walking away from your organized, structured, you know, occult-like system um, and, and are now just wandering. And are now just wandering and have not settled in on, on your truth. So you say you, you found a new truth or you're looking for a new truth. Well, what is it? And at what point do you settle in on it? And your truth don't have to be mine now. Everybody ain't called the voodoo. You, you don't choose voodoo. Voodoo chooses you. But I, I'm settled into where I'm. This is me. I, I'm okay with, with this. But but I'm still every day learning, learning a new language, learning a new ethnic group. I didn't give any advice today on this show that I am not actively operating in myself every day. I get up every day and find new ethnic groups to study, to learn, to examine. How, how do they view God? How do they view the supreme creators? How do they interact with the, with the ancestors? And in so doing, every day I'm improving me. Every day I'm growing and improving me. Give thanks. <laughs> I welcome your questions, your comments, your requests. It's, it's, an, it's an hour and 23 you minutes. A mouthful, and that's what helps and makes you more, and what you already know, you don't have to be um, introduced. You're already vouched for in the spiritual realm, and it shows in the physical. But I will add this, too, and this is why I'm stuck to you like glue, um, is because I learned through um, – watching other people to claim that they are practitioners. Unless you have done the work or are doing the work, you know, whether they want to, you know, walk in, in in black magic or whatever, you can't say that you could um, do the work if you haven't done it on yourself, even if it's, even if it's dark magic. Because a practitioner has practiced the work on themselves first, in my experience. You have, even if you, if you believe the sort of Hollywood imagination cultural representation of the witch. 
it's a reason she's green. It's a reason she's old. It's a reason they, they keep harping on old hag, aged, ageless. She's so old, we don't know exactly how old she really is. It's a reason that even in the imagination, we keep beating that same drum because it speaks to age, experience, practice, tradition. We might even say that they're green because of their exposure to herbs, plants, roots, elixirs, if you will. So even in that, in that Hollywood fantasy of it, there's still hidden truths that represent who we really are and, and why we're really here. No man survives and grows spiritually without going through a wilderness. No, no one, no man or woman does without going through an initiation, without going through a dark process, without entering the cave and coming out on the other side in the, in the nucleus of the life. There are no shortcuts to this. And the actualization, the manifestation of power, prayer, thought. You know, I heard Keon say, you know, I would pray and I would beg God and, and it, 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 I would get what I want or, or, so, or so it seems, you know. And I say all the time, there are powers out here waiting to respond to your petitions, waiting to respond to your requests. And even the Bible say, test the spirit. No, no, is it of God? Because there are forces out here that would happily respond to you that are not necessarily God, that are not necessarily your ancestors speaking. And so one has to be able to discern spirit, discern spirit. We walk through the crowd and, and maybe you're lost and you need to ask directions. In a second, you've got to discern spirit. Who am I going to ask? This man, this woman, this young person, this older person, this person that looks together or this person who might look a little bit shady. And, and shady is a matter of interpretation to the person who's looking. So please, please, please don't, don't fear the work. There, there's no way around the work. If there is a shortcut, it's, it's directly through the work, y'all. It's directly through the work. Today we acknowledge Ifa and Fa and the powers that rule and govern divination. The divination, the oracle, the prophetic word exists in all traditions, in all practices, in all religions. And so there, there's a point where we're asked to take wisdom, to take heed, to, to apply our intelligence, to apply our logic and our rationale to what spirit feeds us and what's confirmed in us and around us and, and through us by, by spirit. Operating in the realm of spirit doesn't mean operating in the realm of fantasy. It doesn't mean operating in the realm of imagination. It doesn't mean operating in a world that doesn't uh, mathematically equate to, to what's real out here. But it is about claiming and reclaiming the, the divine creative powers that's accessible to all of us in your best interest. And in the best interest of your conscious state as it relates to what you already know, what you already understand, what you already believe. I say all the time, I'm not here to change a religion. You know, if you are truly one thing or another, be that thing or another, but be true to it. 
don't just be on the surface. Don't just be an active physical participant. Get involved in the work. Um, patchouli does not, I, I, you know, I've been saw that question and I intended to respond. There aren't gins specifically attached to these herbs. Um, there are usages that have been documented over time with frankincense, with myrrh, with, with patchouli, with jasmine, um, with nachampa, uh, with, with other combinations that um, spirit by favor might be drawn to, certain types of energy might be drawn to. But, but there's no record of gin being attached to patchouli or being called to patchouli. Um, I've noticed that people respond interestingly to patchouli. Gin uh, can, it can cause gin to stand up in people, but so can frankincense. So too can, can sage. So no, uh, patchouli is not unique or somehow specific in that way. No. Mm -mm. Now there are other like sulfur, for instance, one has to be careful with sulfur. Um, burning organic matter, once you burn through your resin and, and, and now you're down to the charcoal and, and the waste product, remove that, toss that out, cleanse that, you know. But no, your patchouli and, and your other essences, no, they don't, they, they don't necessarily have a gin uh, attached to attached to it or any kind of negative force attached to it. Uh, welcome area code uh, 347. I'm opening up your mic, 347. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Hello, how you doing? Greetings, all of the blessings. Who's calling? Brother Percy. Brother Percy, okay. but on YouTube, I'm Bill Brown. <laughs> okay, and where are you calling from? Brooklyn, New York, my brother. Greetings. Brooklyn. Give thanks. Greetings. I enjoy you. I enjoy the conversation. I don't get it often. I grew up traditional Christian, but I also carve. And, like, the scriptural things told me, like, I'm good at doing faces. And then it said, I got the scripture that said, don't do faces. I'm like, wait. Uh. But I also grew up with people from different religions. And... I've made things for them, and but I came to my own understanding after studying the Christian religion. I know how to work it and how it works, but I know there are other things and other powers. And I see people come in church, like pretending to do church, and they're doing stuff that I recognize outside of church. Like, wait, you just bound that preacher up. I see you take his voice. Now he can't speak. You know what I mean? Like, stupid stuff. But I enjoy the content. I would love to meet you in person. I've been to New Orleans once when I was too young, and they had that, that curfew. McDonald's wouldn't serve me, like, after <laughs> 10 o'clock. Was, I was, like, 17. The year Bill Clinton came down to the Coliseum. But just wanted to say peace. I don't really have the question. Just wanted to give you some love and some energy from New York. That's it. <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate you. Um, calling in, participating, sharing your energy on the show. I, I most certainly do appreciate that. Um, I'm going to mute you, <clears throat> mute you because you do have just a little bit of background noise um, on your end and probably are working 
you know, while you while you're talking. But um, I welcome you. I'm going to unmute you again momentarily. And if indeed you have a question uh, or, or another comment you want to share, uh, I, I welcome you to just to just come right just come right back in. Um, I will okay. say I miss New York. I really do. New York is my favorite city um, in the country. It's just well, too expensive. You mute me, let me tell the brother in Connecticut, there's a, something you need to see. It's in, it's in Central Park. It's called Cleopatra's Needle. It's a, a, a real obelisk from uh, from uh, Egypt or your know, whatever you want to call it. But the energy of that piece, if you don't tap into your ancestors there, you, you can't get it. But all I can tell you, it's on the museum mile side of the park, and it's in the 80s, like 85th. I ride a bike, so you got to feel your way through. Yeah. But please yeah. pass needle. But I think the YouTube is what's doing it. I'm going to listen on the phone and shut off the YouTube, and maybe that will get rid of the background noise. Thank you. I, I appreciate you. All is a blessing. Yeah, there's, there's history, there's culture, there's architecture everywhere beloved everywhere and particularly on the on the northeastern seaboard um you know where they try to say you know the birthplace of america philly maryland dc virginia connecticut rhode island you know uh there's a great deal of history culture tradition architecture that's there you you just have to seek it out you just have to find it um, you just have to want it, and it will begin to come to you. You just have the brothers now, now sharing. I also offer that the brother um, uh, from Brooklyn send me an email or, or a direct message in social media to ensure that I know who you are and that we're connected. Um, particularly if you're carving wood, that's of interest to me. Um, so please do that i'm buffering right now i'm in the buffer zone but those of you who are on the phone you can hear me clearly while i straighten out this buffering but yeah brother make sure that i um i know exactly who you are um even now i heard you use two different names a username it's really hard for me to keep up with all of that so contact me wherever you are facebook twitter instagram send me an email Make sure I know how to find you um, so I can support the art and the wood carving and, and some of the other projects that might be going on in, in Brooklyn and in, in New York proper. Um, I tend to travel at some point when, when this is all over. Um, and I, I want to come to New York and share. I, I want to go to Gullah Geechee Nation uh, and share. I want to visit Queen Quet. I want to um, visit the, the King. Uh, Olotunji, uh, I, I want to get out into my community again once the whole virus epi thing, epidemic thing has, has come to some kind of closure, but we can actively use our virtual media, our Skype, our uh, WhatsApp, our, our Facebook, our Instagram, other platforms to continue to connect, to share, to be community, to be unified, to be together to be organized. Um, so I appreciate all of my callers um, from the various locations uh, that come in. I have callers and listeners all over the world. Uh, I appreciate even some of our international callers. I know the time difference is, is a bit wonky, but to call in and participate at Erico 8 
845-277-9143. You still have some time to get in on the phone lines before they lock people out of the phone lines. Do press the number one on your telephone keypad. This would alert me that there is a caller in queue. I'll gladly unmute the mic and bring you into the conversation. Um, I'm looking at the chat now because, you know, I can't look at both screens at the same time. I see question mark, uh, Keisha Smith. Uh, greetings. Okay. Connection to Jan Patchouli. I think I addressed that already. Uh, help me out. If, are there new questions? Am I missing it? Oh, you have one that just came in from Chris Lynn Martin. Can a person do work to block your spiritual gifts? Okay, let me sure I'm understanding this question correctly. Can someone else do work to block your spiritual gift? Is is that the question? Or are you asking, yes. can you do work on yourself to block your spiritual gift? Because you know I'm very word specific. And I know there's a delay. So uh, Crystal Lynn Martin, can you hear me? I'm going to assume that you mean, can someone else do work to block your gift? Yeah, absolutely. Um, much like even a parent who doesn't understand or doesn't have clarity or, um, you know, we can think of many scripts, movies, plays where the son, you know, wants to be creative, wants to be an artist or wants to be a dancer and, and, and the father doesn't see any sense in that, doesn't see any money in that. Um, would prefer you were a painter or or uh, a plumber or or took a quote unquote you know wage paying job, uh, so they put up robots to block and, and to prevent. Um, I can remember as a child, my my dad used to actively try to prevent me from hanging out with girls. Um, that was problematic if I hung out with with my girlfriend, my sister and her friends. That was problematic. So I was always forced to go and hang out with, with the guy friends. Uh, I'm telling you now, as, as an adult, that was problematic. I'm telling you now, if, if you're under the sound of my voice and that's an issue for you and you're looking at your children, that's a problem. That, that's a problem. He sent me directly to the very thing that he thought he was blocking me from. So yes, yes, other people can can pray bondage on you, can do ritual bondage work on you and, and prevent you from operating or, or seeing clearly in your gift. Now, that's in no way permanent. That's in no way uh, absolute. We still have divine will. We still have the option to overcome any stronghold, any any block, any any illusion of outside dominance or control and regain our own sense of power, regain our own sense of structure. But it has to come through you. It has to come through your demonstration and you walking truthfully and honestly and, and organically in, in your demonstration. And, and, and if you're lacking training, initiation, there's no shortcut, beloved. So there's no shortcut. So um, 
I don't know your age. I don't, I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know how old your sister is who, who, who may have, have done what you're suggesting, but um, it's, it's in no way permanent. You got to free yourself and you can't use that as an excuse not to regain access to your own power. But thank you. That was a great question. I, I really appreciate that. And I, again, invite you all, while we don't have a few minutes left, to call in to area code 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. You're absolutely welcome to listen in, to sit on the phone lines and listen in, but I also invite your questions, your comments, your requests. Uh, uh, of course, Keona, your mic remains open. 860, your mic remains open. 347, your mic remains open. And all you have to do at any point is unmute yourself with your new question or comment and come right on back into the conversation. I'm going to ask for just a, a momentary intermission. I will be forward in one minute and 27 seconds. I'll be back in one minute and 27 seconds. I need to drink some water. I need to see who's at my door. I need to get some things organized real quickly, but I'll be back in one minute, 27 seconds. I will be forward. All is a blessing. who are not will then have to go in archive in order to hear 
uh, what may be said or done on the Blog Talk Radio end for the next uh, remaining uh, portions of the show. So I invite you to call me now on area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. I certainly appreciate your questions, comments, and requests. Do press the number one on your telephone keypad. That's your way of virtually raising your hand for me, and I will then open your mic and bring you into the conversation. And, of course, you're welcome to continue to support and be a part of the show by way of the YouTube chat. Make sure you're typing your questions, comments, and requests that you need me to respond to in all capital letters so that both myself and, and Keona can see them clearly and identify them from the general conversation and respond. Uh, I, I would most certainly appreciate that. So Percy from Brooklyn. Bill Brown. I'm trying to tie those names together right now so I don't forget who you are. <laughs> Rob Okay, Stone. don't worry. I'm not going to let you forget, but I heard you mention something before you left, and both things sort of pertain. Uh, you said something about the Gullah Geechee, and you wanted to go down in that area. Uh, my people are from a small town called Fork, South Carolina, uh, mm-hmm. by the Petey River, the Great Petey and, and Little Petey. And so we my ancestors are all in there. My cousin who's from there also, he now teaches at Clark. Uh he's a poet, uh Felton Edie. And he also practices some stuff also. He brought it to the family, like the real Christian family to the family reunion. He was the first one to pull libations and Yeah. So, yeah. That's all. <laughs> For now, <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, I, I'm grabbing my head, Ja Queen. You, you're doing things to me. You're doing things to me, and, and I get it. I do. I get it. I understand bereavement, stand losing someone, um, particularly a, a child. I totally get it. But the child, your son, would still want you to heal. Would still want you to grow would still want you to move forward. Um, the reason, you know, all the nerve endings now are standing up in my head is because when we talk about ancestors in, in the realm of Egum, in, in the realm of the dead, personally, there's an attachment there to our head, to our head. So even when, when your child or your grandmother or your mother or, or, or moves on, goes on to the other side, there's an attachment that still is, is sort of connected to your head that um, has everything to do with you not being up to par, not being 100, um, maybe being depressive, maybe having low mood. It's more than just being depressed. It's more than just part of the grieving. And so there's a, a connection there that still rests on your head that must be healed, that must be worked with. Um, and the greatest way for you to do that is through ancestral work. Uh, I'm going to assume safely by your name, Jack Queen, um, who you are and, and, and that you're a black woman and, and that you have African and, and indigenous ancestry. Um, there's no greater healing work 
that you could do right now than ancestral work. Um, and I don't know how old your son was or is, if you will, um, and, and where he might now be in relation to his journey. Um, but our loved ones on the other side are always pulling for us and pulling with us. Yeah, 20 is, is very young. I, I assume that we were talking about a child. 20 is a child. Um, so you're also keeping the child, the soul of the child, the spirit of the child here, here. And so that could be beneficial for, for, for a period, particularly when we're talking about healing, bereavement, you know, that aspect of, of your personal work. But then there comes a point where you have to allow your son to move forward, um, as well as you have to move forward. Um, you're keeping your son here, but you're also keeping yourself sort of locked in, into a place where you can't grow, where you can't evolve, where you can't heal, where you can't moving forward. Um, I would greatly appreciate the opportunity to do healing work, ancestor work with you um, as it relates to bereavement and grieving and, and spirit communi communication and spirit attachment, all those things are operating right now um, as you describe your, your circumstance, as you word um, your spirit request. So th don't be stuck. Know that there's an other side to this. Know that there's a, a reason for and a meaning for this. Uh, you're meant to mourn. You're meant to stand still moments, but then you're also meant to then pick up and move forward again and, and allow your son's spirit, your son's energy to move forward and, and evolve in a whole new way, in a whole new way. Please send me a private email, beloved, at divineprince.com um, and, and allow me the opportunity to address some ancestral work and divination with you and for you as it relates to, to your healing. I welcome your questions, your comments, your requests. Let us know if you get quiet on board. Something I could do. Um, right now, I could eat. <laughs> right now, I could eat. I'm salad and, and kale salad. And, and, um, I've been since really early responding to requests. I do have an um, appointment um, shortly. That we spend together here in this sacred space to grow, to heal. I'm Eric Code 770. Eric Code 770. Turn down your, your YouTube um, 770. I'm opening your mic, and all I'm getting is my own voice. Please turn down your background noise, right? Turn down your Greetings. YouTube. Seven seven zero. Peace and blessings, beloved. Who's calling and where are you calling from? I'm calling from Fitzroy, PA. Um, I I just wanted to um continue um listening to you on the phone, even though I have you on the TV, and also um I was watching you on my um cell phone. I had to mute that. I'm really sorry about that. Um. I really don't have a question. I, I prefer to talk to you in private. 
and stuff like that because I had um, called before, and I know that there might be um, somebody. um, I'm trying not to hurt nobody's feelings once again, and I need to need to talk to you in private. I'm sorry about that. Okay. I understand. I hear you. And, and once you said, I'm trying not to hurt anybody's feelings, that brought it all back. Yeah. So I, I, I know who you are. So I appreciate you. Just stay on the line with us and enjoy the remaining portion of the show. Um, and by all means, if you have a, a request, send me a private email. I'll be glad to respond to you. Area code 318. Um, is this Hoodoo Occultism or is this someone new? This will do a cocktail. Greetings, beloved. Peace and blessings. What is your question or comment for me? Um, would you take uh, the viewers over the typical first year, first year of initiation with you? Okay, and I and I like how you said with me. <laughs> okay, because what I'm hearing now, and seeing in terms of what people are getting with other people is is sometimes a hot mess. Um, mm-hmm. With me, with me, in that first I'm gonna year... I'm going to say it and get off. In that first year, you're going to handle your... The place to start. You're first going to start with your ancestors. And along with that comes some key components. And depending on the, the tradition or the practice a person is initiating into that key component is called different things. Now, we know an E5 is often referred to as Ori. It's your head. We know we think about voodoo and Haitian voodoo. We talk about Wabe Tet. But we find this in all ATR traditions and really in all indigenous traditions. You're going to start with honoring your ancestors, feeding your ancestors, communication with your ancestors. There's a ritual calendar that we follow. And, and Many of you are familiar with the calendar, and so it helps to determine what we do on any given day, who we acknowledge on any given day, what forces might be standing up on any given day. And then that is going to color or affect your work, what you're doing, what might be on the table, and how that is then interpreted. Um, I often describe it as a triangle with the bottom left corner being your ancestors, with the top point being your head in relation to God and, and supreme forces and supreme power, because we understand that they are united, that they are, that they are connected. If Christ was God, I'm God too. Christ was a manifestation of God in the flesh. I too am a manifestation of God in the flesh. And then that bottom right corner is... Um, going to then be your introduction into spirit. And and that's going to be specific to the ancestor work. So if your ancestor work leans strong towards a con, then we're going to look at Abathon. We're going to look at strong con uh, language, tradition, practice, and culture. If indeed it's Yoruba, then, then we're going to focus in on Yoruba. Everyone is going to learn Yoruba. I teach in Yoruba. I teach in English because that's the most common. Um, it, it, it's the Orisha Romance, if you will. 
Um, it, they are the most literate, if you will. So people always have a book, an author, a Raba, Ella Baboon, somebody that they can go back to and weigh what I'm teaching, what I'm instructing against. <clears throat> but the individual nuances in the initiation are laid out in the DNA and the ancestral work and, and how that is structured. And that says everything about my um, curriculum beyond that for that first year. So then within that first year, usually towards the last part of the year, are going into their second year, then they're coming here for annual ceremony, either in spring or the, or the fall. And sometimes in the summer, you know, we do acorns in the middle of the summer. Um, the, the new year for Yoruba and ATR tradition, drum roll, because some of y'all ain't never heard this before, starts in June. Starts in June. So there's an oracle that comes out of Ashokbo, that comes out of Oyo, that comes out of Benin every year in June to mark what the Odu and the spirit forces are for the year. Our January New Year is Greco-Roman. Our January New Year has to do with Christianity and Judaism and, and add an extra day so that they can get back to what was originally the, the the yearly cycle that the Egyptians and the ancient ancient folks had already laid out. There was no need for leap year back then. There was no need, you know, to tweak February back then. We need that now because we're operating under a different system. So within the course of that first year, you're going to learn that. Uh, many are going to learn Ewe language along with the Yoruba. Many are, are going to learn a con. Many are going to learn Swahili. Uh, many are going to learn the Bible and Christianity better than they ever learned it in church. In one year of initiating with me. Because as, as I do right here on the show, when I'm teaching, when I'm initiating, when I'm instructing in private, it, it's on layers. Layers. Earth, water, fire, air, mind. Then there's cultural layers the religious implication, the cultural implication, the ritual implication, the symbolic implication. Then, of course, because of the state of ATR and our sort of universal usage of, of Yoruba as, as a language, then there's that, that desire to want to compare, you know, the Mayan god to the Orisha, the Egyptian god to, to, to the Loa, Etc. So I'm often teaching in more than one language, more than one practice, more than one tradition, all at once. If, if anybody needs a witness, ask Paul Cologne. Paul, Paul Cologne be in this group all the time, well, a lot. One of my best godchildren. Absolutely is digesting the information. Absolutely is doing the homework. But he'll tell you the gravity of what I'm sending. Many of you have learned that through a reading. You see what I do here on air. But then you get a reading. And some of you are overwhelmed, absolutely overwhelmed at what I can say in an hour and a half, two hours, three hours time. Um, so that, that's what a year, first year initiation with me would be like. Um, learning food, learning culture, learning the days of the week, and then gaining information. Uh, today I sent out a, a book that resonated with the day and, and, and what we're teaching for this day, 
Uh, I know some of you who are not initiated, who aren't familiar with Ifa, uh, hear me say the ritual calendar, hear me say the day, and then hear me make references to elements and animal spirits, and and and, and you can't put that together. That's that's by design. <laughs> that's by design. Anyone who's authentically initiated, like Mama Vivian. Mama Vivian is my favorite author, by the way, in terms of voodoo. So Mama Vivian went to Africa, initiated. Hello? Just one minute. Hello? Just one minute, please. Okay, I'm sorry, Kiana. No worries. No, we got disconnected, and um, it's being reconnected. Because I heard him say um, anybody on Blog Talk speak now. <laughs> Thank you. He said he can't call back in now. It's too late. Wow. This is wow. Well, I'm glad I'm on the phone still. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Hey, how y'all doing today? I'm doing well. I'm great. I'm working on a short piece, a legless walking stick, but it's going to be kind of Ooh. small, about three feet. Okay. They got me in quarantine, so I'm finishing old pieces. It's like, okay, I'm going to go back at this. Hold on. I, I see something else. <laughs> <laughs> I bought knitting supplies for me and my daughters to knit. That's what I'm doing in quarantine. Crafts with my children. That's how we learn. My mother taught everybody to crochet but me. I got her crochet needles, but everybody else know how to use them. (laughs) (laughs) I still got two, though. I got two. I'm still debating on whether I should order this um, sewing machine so we can start Well, yes, you will. I'm going to give you confirmation. Yes, you should. And you should be making face masks, not them little fake doctor ones. The whole pull over your face joints, but pretty. I have um, ordered all. some um, nose filters. It goes like it clips on like the the part right on your nose, and you insert it, but it don't. You know what I'm saying? It don't get stuck up there. It's like these. They're called. Um, I forgot what they're called. Um, but they're nose filters. You just put them on, put it in your, like on your nose, like you got like a little clip. I ordered Listen, them. I, I, I'm in New York. We, I'm wearing a full ski mask right now when I go outside. You can't go in any store without some form of, form of mask on your face. Like the city well, that never I sleeps. Well, I got the nose filters, <laughs> but I also know how to wrap a hijab. 
Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in Connecticut. They got us. Uh, my I'm at work right now. They got us wearing those uh, N95 masks and, and you know, kind of you know, requirement. Wow. Well, I'm in Pittsburgh, PA. They, you go in the store or go out, they don't be having no mask on. Shoot. They had a protest downtown Pittsburgh in uh, Still City. One of militia group was down there with AR-15. Oh. Don't they didn't say all that. I did hear about. I did hear about it, but they didn't say anything about the weapons. Huh? They did say. Um, they mentioned it online, but they didn't say. Like they just said uh, protest, but they didn't say anything about like that. You know, weapons or anything like that for the protest. Well, they was here in Pittsburgh, downtown, in front of the city county building, with masks on and AR-15s. Hmm. They was all Caucasian, but I'm just shaking my head, like, really? It's it's not called for. It's really this. Exactly. It's it's really, in my opinion, it's scaremongering, but yeah. It, it's, it was trying to, it's unfortunate. Trying to talk about protesting, you know, everybody not working, being in quarantine. That's crazy. And you coming out with guns. Like, who does that? I'm just asking the ancestors to keep me and our family safe. Dash of cayenne to the root. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Boil a gumbo, hot and steady. Don't care if ready, ready. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claybone, where she's buried. Build a fire on the bayou When a black cat scratch at two 
under a full moon that's blue. Chant the magic words, Kufaru. A dash of cayenne to the rule. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Black top hat, black suit too. Single rod that molds this through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof. Gonna put on my green grease. Black top hat, black suit too, same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you, can't see my eyes, black shades too. Going free at the old cemetery, down on Claiborne where she's buried, a dash of cayenne. To the roof, gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Yeah, black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black sheets too. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claiborne where she's buried. A dash of cayenne to the roof. Gonna put on my green, green suit. 